Good morning. It's great to see each one of you and welcome those who are with us online. As we continue our uh, third week, I believe, in our series called Faux Pas, uh, the acceptable class of sinning, this morning's topic is going to be that of envy. And I guess the joke always is with those on the teaching team, you always wonder when something's assigned to you, if there's a particular thought in mind from our elders. So, uh, could be. <laughs> You know, if I actually I'll go playing off that, if I were to go around the room and ask if any of you have ever experienced envy and jealousy, I'm pretty sure we'd all have one solid answer. My guess is probably every one of us at some point has probably experienced envy or jealousy. You know, for some it may be a really a true, a major struggle. For some it could be something you deal with on a regular basis uh, and regularly face. I'd tell you this morning wherever you're at in that, that two of the most self-destructive sins we can commit are that of envy and jealousy. Because these two sins are often thought to be interchangeable, but they're not, and we'll talk about that. Because envy and jealousy are two different sides of the same coin. But they're not the same thing. And it's important to know how these two sins differ, I believe. And, and so we're going to talk about the biblical, what I believe is the biblical definition of jealousy and envy. So we'll start with envy, and that is the, the coveting uh, something another, that a, another person has that, that uh, you want for yourself. You know, you might envy someone's attractiveness or talent, popularity or their financial success, their social standing, or just really any other side uh, or desirable factor. With envy, there's something you covet but don't have and would like to. With jealousy, there's something you covet and do have and you don't want to lose it. So you see, jealousy is defined as a very watchful, careful, and guarding or keeping uh, and re kind of resentfully envious. It's got some very strong emotions, I believe, attached to it. Um, it's no coincidence probably that zealous, that jealous comes from the word zealous, uh, which means to have a very ardent devotion to something. If you have or had something and are trying to protect it, then that would be fall into the lines of jealousy. Um, you can be jealous of your reputation or your spouse. Envy, on the other hand, is more of a want and a desire uh, than zeal. It sometimes maybe even considered the nice word for jealousy. But I would tell you, I believe the biblical sin lies within the word envy, really, not jealousy. Because envy, as we see, is a, a desire and want for something you don't have. It derives from the, the Latin word envidere, which means to look suspiciously upon as in giving someone an evil eye, that comes out of that jealousy. But in many ways, the, the difference is whether you have some claim on the object of your desire, again, like, like your spouse. That's probably the, the basic definition that I can see. So a, de a simple definition of envy is to want what belongs to someone else. When you break it all down, you want what belongs to someone else or something that they have. So I'd say a more thorough description of envy is a resentful 
dissatisfied, longing for another's possessions, position, their fortune, their achievements or success. And again, you can just kind of create that line. You know, a person might be jealous or envious of another person because he simply has a nice car or truck. And you wish you had one like it. We might envy another person of some ability or skill that that person has. Uh, could be athletic ability. Another person's, what they, their salaries at work or their, again, a, a person's attractive looks. There's no end to the list of temptations that, that can bring on the sins of, of envy and jealousy. So they're ever-present symptoms, again, probably of our fallen nature. So my guess is, again, not judging anyone, but at one time or another, my guess is we all likely have fallen prey uh, to envy and jealousy. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to have the perfect kind of love that God has for us. <clears throat> we read here in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It keeps no records of wrongs. You know, the more we focus on ourselves and our own desires, by default, the less we are able to focus on God. You know, the Bible says, envy is an act of the flesh, the result of human sin. So the acts of the flesh are obvious, and we read that. <clears throat> now, the works of the flesh are evidence, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, the, and things like these. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we find in this list two of the items uh, that we are talking specifically about. Let me give you, here's an ex easy example of envy. <clears throat> Remember when you were a child and Christmas morning would come and you would just be so excited? Uh, you'd get up and run downstairs or run into the place where the Christmas tree is at and eyes are closed and voila, you finally open your eyes and you see everything that Santa has brought you. You can't imagine all the things that are, are there, everything you've dreamed of. And as you begin to open these and you go, wow, how did he know that I wanted all these things? You're so thankful for, that you got most everything you wanted. But then what happened to you sometimes as a child? And I'll admit, as the days would go on, you'd, you'd find out well, what your sibling or your cousins got. Or maybe the, child, the kid, your friend down the street, what they got. And suddenly go, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool too, huh? I wish I had that. <laughs> How come I didn't get that? Why did my sibling, why did my brother get that? They have it and I want that too. That's a real simple remembrance I have as a young child of envy. I don't know if any of the others of you have ever had that kind of experience. But no matter what you got, no matter what you had, you're always hoping for something um, else. And when you suddenly realize you don't have something that somebody else has, as simple as it may be, you can sometimes become very envious. And some of that, I think, is just part of some human nature. 
You know, envy and jealousy, again, are closely related and sometimes probably, again, used interchangeably, although they're not really, they're synonymous, but not the same thing. Because envy is a reaction to lacking something that that other person possesses. You feel lacking. Whereas jealousy is more the reaction to the fear or threat of losing something. Something you possess. A sense of a dread or suspicion we feel when we feel like something might be taken away. But it's something you already have. But I would tell you, envy says one thing. And I believe this is actually a whole lot of what this lesson is about. You are never happy with what you have. And more importantly, with what God has blessed you with and given to you. You see, envy focuses on what you don't have versus what you have. It's wanting what others have. Someone's looks, someone's, what they can do, their possessions, their talents, the activities they get to do. <coughs> you know, the Bible tells us to be content with what we have. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You see, in order to combat jealousy, we need to become more like Jesus and less like ourselves. Be content with what you have and know that he is with us and won't forsake us. You know, sometimes when you think about it, when you break it down, you can just be jealous over ridiculous things. There's just some things that will never be. It would be foolish for me to be jealous that I'm not as tall as Sean. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right? It'd be foolish for me to, my, I'll use my son-in-law's, to be able to kick the ball like Austin. Probably not going to happen in my lifetime. It'd be foolish for me to, to be jealous of Kyle that he gets to stand before a, a, a jury and in a trial and convince uh, that jury of findings. I'd love to do that but probably not going to happen in my lifetime. I'd love to play guitar like Angie and Danny. I've, I've tried. I can't. My fingers just don't work that way. So it would be foolish for me to be jealous of those things. Those are just things I don't have. I don't know how many of you heard of a book called Strength Finders. My guess is Yancey and probably some of the others have. Uh, it's a book. It talks about your strengths <laughs> and weaknesses. And roughly in a business organization, it's meant to find out what are your strengths and how can you utilize those and what are your weaknesses and how can others fill in for you. Part of the, one of the examples, and I'll give you and won't spend a lot of time on it, is, is a player named Rudy that played for Notre Dame. He finally got to play one game in his final season, the last game of the season, they put him in. He always wanted to be a running back. He was about five foot six <laughs> and a small guy, just wasn't a good, but he finally got to get in. He always wanted to be a football player. Guess what? His body wasn't a football player. I've had discussions at our office. Look, you will never be a receiver on our team. Be the best lineman you can be. <laughs> be the best. You'll never be the quarterback, but be the best running back you can be. Cover for other people's weaknesses, but understand your, uh, understand your strengths, but understand your weaknesses. So sometimes being jealous of what some other person's attributes have, the abilities they have, recognize that. Um, because being envious just indicates that, that we're not satisfied with, with the talents that God has given us. I'll give you another example. Anybody that, uh, kind of especially I think you find it the more you, you have out in the, when you live out in the country, 
There's an old saying that says, I'm not looking to buy all the land around me, just the parts that touch me. Right? You know, you just, you just always go, whoo, wouldn't it be nice to have that next piece of land? If we own that little piece of land, that'd kind of square up this piece over here, right? And it's very, it's very easy for people to, not, uh, to think along those lines. I'm guessing all of us can probably think of, of others that you know are successful. I know plenty of people of success or that I would deem to be successful in a lot of different ways. And when you think of them, what do you think? Are you sincerely happy when you see your friends that are successful? And when you see people you know that are successful? Or do you think, I don't understand why they're so successful. Why has God allowed them to be so successful? Doesn't make sense to me. I'll throw out a bunch of list of names. I'm, I'm guessing you'll probably understand some of these. Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Donald Trump, George Soros, Jerry Jones, variety of politics to NFL to, to various people that you might know their names. A lot of people would deem them to be highly successful. They have a lot of money. And so because of that, some people, maybe politically, maybe their personality, but some people, I would tell you, they have something that's unimaginable wealth for, for many people to think along those lines, and it bothers them. Why are they being able to be so successful? So let me ask you this morning, why does that bother you? What is it that makes us look at some people and think, why them? How did they become so, so successful? You know, I, I say, why would we even take on the burden of feeling this way? Just because others have something we wish we had. Fame or wealth or success. And the reason why I say that is because all of those fall under one category, worldly view versus godly view. You see, we view, the world tends to view people that have fame and, and money as successful. Maybe even that they would have higher levels of happiness. You know, I think we all probably in this room can honestly say we understand success, wealth. We often tie that together. But that's not how God measures success, wealth, or fame. You go to other countries. I've been fortunate to go to several other countries. And I can tell you, you will find people that have relatively little Sometimes not even necessities, but you know what? You'll find it. They're mostly content with what they have because they've been blessed with daily necessities. <clears throat> so I want to ask you, what, are, what do you think some of the root causes of envy and jealousy are? I will tell you, I believe the root of envy is a dissatisfied heart. We experience envy when we cannot have our heart's desires because we've not yet learned that secret of contentment that we find in Philippians 4. I rejoice in the Lord greatly thou that at length that you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of beginning need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I now, I know how to be brought low and I know how to be abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If we have a dissatisfied heart, it's hard to, to understand that. But, but 
Um, once we have that secret of contentment um, and we can find delight in, our, in the Lord. <clears throat> Psalms 36 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness light and your justice as the noonday. So I ask you, as we go through this, think for a moment. Are you happy with what God has given you? Now that's what we're talking about. Being happy and content with what you have in lieu of what you don't have. Because if you're filled with any form of jealousy and envy, roughly it says you're not. You're not happy with what God's given you. So I want to talk about the negative outcomes of, of envy. You know, this whole series of faux pas, uh, if you really look at the word faux pas, the origins of it, it means false step. Uh, so you see feelings about others um, most often. It's not, our, if we have feelings about others, it's not hurting them at all. It's just hurting us. It's a false step for us to be envious. I tell you, the, the Bible paints a, uh, a very vivid picture of the devastating effects if left to grow in one's heart. The Bible says envy will lead to spiritual emotion, uh, spiritually and emotional and physical death. Here it says a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot, like cancer in your bones. You see, envy may seem like no big deal to us. It's just wanting that newer, bigger truck or desiring some new trendy clothes. But envy unchecked can tend to lead to all kinds of evil. Because envy is an issue of the heart. And Jesus taught that purity and godliness comes from inside a person, not from external action. He says, and he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. The deceitful, lustful desire, slander, pride, foolishness. You see, all those types of things come from within. He said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within, and they can defile us. Proverbs 27 says, Wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before, uh, before jealousy? It says jealousy is even, even more dangerous. So what are the ways we can, uh, can that ha uh, ungodly envy and jealousy can happen in our lives. What are ways we can recognize an ungodly envy or jealousy? I would say a lot of it would start around our self-centeredness. The self-focus on it's all about me. You see, it, there's nothing wrong with self-ambition, but self-ambition can turn in to self-pride. The look what I have done. Look what I've accomplished. You know, we all like to think we we have accomplished things in life. 
and have done positive things. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But we can begin to measure life by what you have done, what you're doing, <laughs> and what you're going to do. And we can get caught up in, in, in seeing that that's the way we measure life. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with seeking achievements. I don't think the Bible says there's anything wrong. Nothing wrong with having goals or desiring to achieve things. But the Bible does speak of setting goals and seeking to attain knowledge and godly wisdom. So that often begs, well, what's our motive? Jealousy? Envy? Or is it focusing on what God wants us to do? You see, envy and jealousy, they're just overwhelming actions that lead to worse actions. They can have bad cause and effect. Unintentional conflicts. Can you think of what some of those might be? Anger, bitterness, revenge. Well, I can't stand that fact that that person has that. Seeking to do malice, conflict. Things you might not initially see by you having an envious attitude can lead to a lot of these other things. Backbiting, backstabbing, talking ill of others, generally not trusting, being non-trusting of others. The sense of competition that becomes overwhelming. The feeling of others are looking to outdo you when probably it's the other way around. And you're looking to be hurtful to others. You see, these are some of the outfalls of having an envious attitude. Unhealthy attitudes that, that, that uh, you have towards people and, and life in general. You ever heard the phrase, he who has the most toys wins? <laughs> I've known people like that, seriously. We've had some friends that, that you just saw everything about their life was about accumulation. You're just living to accumulate things. In fact, I believe this friend of ours, he's now passed away, but he would, he would say that regularly. He who has the most toys, the biggest toys wins. You think those things are going to make you happy. Why? I think, frankly, often it's just because you see others with those things and they seem happy. And you think, I want, I need that. I need that too. I could see myself in that nice car. I could see myself on on the lake in that boat. Why do they always get to do the big vacations? I'd like to do those big vacations, whatever it, it may be. What happens is lack of contentment. And when you have lack of contentment, it can lead to lack of discernment. You ever stumbled across things in your garage or in your house? And you think, why do I even have this? <laughs> I think there's a point when you begin to ask those things. And maybe at a certain age, I think I'm beginning there. We walk around our house all the time and we just go, why do we have this? We've just accumulated things. And you just go, put it out by the trash. <laughs> you know? So what are things we can do to avoid um, envy? What are things we can do to correct having envy? Well, I would say we need to start with, we need to look at uh, avoiding the la and, ha and lacking in the awareness of others. 
the focus of others. When we don't have a care for others or a focus on others, um, typically that's because it's turned toward us. And as we learn to serve others in this world, we must be transformed by the, the renewing of our minds. And then you'll be able to, to understand this verse. For I feel divine jealousy for you since I betrothed to you one husband. This is Paul speaking to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. When we, we, we're focused on others. Another word in the Bible closely associated with envious covetousness. Sinful jealousy at its root is covetousness. You see, to covet is to strongly desire something belonging to someone else. It's a dissatisfaction of what God has given us and I would say probably an obsessive fascination with what he's given someone else. You just get fixed and you covet what someone else has. When we covet something belonging to another, I can tell you, you can begin to not love that other person as you should because you potentially see that person as competition, which is unfortunate. So recognize this trait. Recognize these flaws in our personality if we struggle with it. The tendency is to always see what others have and want it, to judge and measure ourselves based on what others have and what we feel we are lacking or don't have or in want of. We need to recognize and acknowledge that all we have and be truly thankful for, for what God has blessed us with because we know all things good come from God. And understand, God can, can provide for everything and he can take everything away. It's his. He's given it to you and he can take it away. Nothing you have or can do is because God didn't give it to you first. In Genesis, we, we know the story and won't spend any time here. This is the story of Joseph. And it says, we pick up in verse 4, but it says, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. <clears throat> and his brothers, we know, were ultimately jealous of, uh, we know that Joseph's father loved him more than any of his other sons and that he had given Joseph this special coat to honor him above the others. And the brothers just couldn't stand it. And they became jealous. And it was the beginning of a strong jealousy in the relationship. And after Joseph continued in his favor with his father, his brothers kind of hit the end of it. And they ultimately decided to sell, his, sell him into slavery. Can you imagine being so mad at your siblings that you'd offer to sell them into slavery? Just because of jealousy. We can read of, of James. It had been easy for young James, the brother of Jesus, to be jealous of his literally perfect brother. It said James recognized Jesus not as a man or some kind of annoying sibling, but as the Son of God. And we find this, this statement, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. You know, Christians are called to dispense with envy. 
First Peter 2, 1 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Just put it away. <clears throat> Paul taught in Galatians 5. He said, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking in one another and envying one another. You see, a lot of times this envy and jealousy, it's tied to a lot of things, provoking, just anger, bitterness. I'll tell you that there are times that, that the Bible does speak of when, God, when, when jealousy is appropriate. There is such a thing as godly jealousy. Uh, we can read again, we read of it again in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, or 2 Corinthians 11. But I would tell you, as far as I'm aware, the Bible never speaks of envy in a good light. <laughs> but there is a, such a thing of, of godly jealousy. You see, godly, uh, God is described as being provoked to jealousy over idolatry. God's a jealous God. You should not, he says here in Exodus, you should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. You see, God is jealous when someone takes something that rightly belongs to him and keeps it for himself or gives it to another. God, God alone deserves our worship and praise. If we give our worship and praise to, to false idols or other gods, we're committing a grave injustice to God. And God's righteous jealousy is provoked. That's what he's saying here. So we can discern the difference between ungodly, selfish jealousy and godly jealousy when we identify the desired outcome. You see, with, with selfish, sinful jealousy, we, in fact, are the beneficiaries of our covetous thoughts. We're the recipient of our own creation of some imagined admiration or wealth or fame or blessing that we believe we deserve. But you see, with godly jealousy, God is the recipient of our desires. We are jealous for the will of God in a situation. We're jealous for him to be glorified. And a lot of times we, we can be dismissive of that. Practical example will help us understand maybe the difference here. If a husband sees another man flirting with his wife, he's got the right to be jealous. For only he has the right to flirt with his wife. So that type of jealousy would not be considered sinful. It's entirely appropriate. But being jealous for something that God declares to belong to you, that's good and appropriate. And so we want to make sure that we understand godly jealousy. When we talk about our goals, unfortunately, our goals are not always godly goals. But I want you to imagine for a moment, what if your jealousy was totally based on wanting to be more godly? Because of the godly, what if it was based on because of the godly, faithful living you see in others? I'll give you an example. I wish I were as faithful as so-and-so. I wish I was as knowledgeable in the Bible about X as so and so. 
I wish I had the ability to share more knowledge and or counsel someone I see who is far from God. That's a godly goal. And a jealousy, godly goal, based, based on what God would want us to think about others. So in closing, I want to leave you with what I believe are four simple ways to, to overcome envy. <clears throat> I would say, first of all, Trust in God's plan for you. You see, when you're envious of someone, you feel that person wins in life. Um, highlight your perceived losses. When you feel like everything they do, they win, and everything you do, you lose. And you grumble. You know, their spouse is better looking than your spouse. Their kids are more successful. That neighbor's career, that, your friends over here, they, they've got a really impressive career. You see, by, eating, by feeding those envious thoughts, you're turning your eyes from the God of hope. God promises that he has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and give you a future. Jeremiah 10, 6, 7, there's none like you. Uh, o oh Lord, you are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear, O King of the nations, for this you do? For among all the wise ones of the nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like you. For I, later on that, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. But you see, it's our job to stay focused on where you think God is leading you in your life. And you can do this by acknowledging that your envious start, that your envious thoughts, they start to steal your energy, and they bring down your mood, and they can deflect you away from godly goals and where God is leading you. Second thing I would t tell you is, is a way to overcome envy is just simply count your blessings. It's normal to feel some measure of, uh, I guess, of envy to others, maybe. But it, when you stew in that resentment over someone else's blessings, you're missing out on your own. It's easy to go, wow, that person's really blessed. That person's really blessed. Those people are really blessed. Turn those thoughts through. What are your blessings? What, count your blessings. So that rather than minimize the value of the many blessings God has already given you and bestowed upon you, take a moment, just take a moment to count them. From your well, health to your job, your loved ones to the roof over your head. Really consider all the ways that you're actually more fortunate than others. And do that in a way that praises God for his goodness. Number three, and this one I think is difficult sometimes for a lot of people. Wish others well. You want to overcome envy? Wish others well. Wish good things upon them. Especially the people you may feel you are envious of or jealous of. Because everyone is made in God's image. If there is someone who has something you want, you know what? You're faced with a choice. You can either resent that person or you can wish them well. You can wish wellness upon them and be happy for them. If you can't wish, well, uh, if you can't wish that other person well for their sake, <laughs> wish it well for your own sake. Take moments to think about others and be happy for all the things that God has blessed them with. 
You know, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke 6, verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. If you allow jealousy to fill your heart, your words, your actions will soon reflect the real state of your heart. You'll find yourself making condescending remarks and doing things to tear others down as a means of propping yourself up. That's no way to live. And more importantly, it's no way to to give witness to our our faith. Let me ask you a question. Ever known, have you ever known of anyone who constantly pushes others down as the only way to push themselves up? That's, that's probably one of the things that's a, a big sign of when you have to push others down as a means to push yourself up, that, there's, that you have envy. Overcome your envy, it's the fourth one, a way of, of helping overcome envy is is overcome envy by just focusing on improving your own life. Wherever you may be in life. Envy as feelings of others can serve as indicators of where we're at. When we're in envious, it's roughly given of others, it's roughly giving us indicators of where we may need to improve in our own life. Again, let me give you an example. If you're jealous of someone's looks, Consider what healthy changes you might be able to make in your physical appearance. Feel better about yourself. Use jealousy as a reason to eat better, to exercise. And that turns that negativity away. Turns it into positive. Something that actually will will be positive also on improving your health. (laughs) You may resent someone's successful career. Okay? Acknowledge that and, and turn that negative into a positive. Use it as a mean to launch pad, as a launch pad for pursuing something else in your career or other opportunities. Don't, don't focus on the negatives but the positive. So the key to avoiding envy and jealousy is learning to be content with our circumstances, and we know that. You know, that's what Paul teaches, regardless of what, uh, of what happens at any given time. This doesn't mean that we can't work on improving or are seeking to maintain and improve our circumstances, but it still means we need to be content with where we are at until we can do better. It can motivate us, should motivate us to do better, better, but never to be a one-upsmanship against someone else or against what they have. You know, God expects us to do the best with what we have. Therefore, honoring God, not giving in to envy or jealousy, it has to be the motivation for, for working or maintaining to improve whatever stage of life we're in, whatever condition we're in, to never look and go, why does that person have this? Or why do they, why do they have those things? Why are they able to do those things with an inward focus on why don't I have those things? Or why can't I do those things? You see, when we allow the Holy Spirit to control us, 
He'll produce that fruit in our salvation, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Because against such things, there's no law. I'm going to leave you with a simple closing message here. Hopefully you'll do it. Maybe this afternoon, this evening, sometime this week. I want you to try to remember to do these couple of things. It's like a little test. So your takeaway from this morning is make a list of all the things that God has blessed you with. People in your life, things you have, talents you have, the material possessions you have, the wealth you have, the experiences you've had, vacations, places you've been. You get the idea. All the things you can think of that God has blessed you with. Just make that list as long as you can. And then I want you to develop a list of all the things you know that might generate envy and jealousy or some kind of unfulfilled yearning in you. And you make that list. And that needs to, I want it to reflect, it should reflect the current situations and circumstances that, that you feel sometimes tempt you towards discontentment. And then you're going to turn and ask God to help you be content with the circumstances he's given you for the time being. Thank him for the blessings he's bestowed upon you. Thank him with the understanding that you know eternal life awaits you. And then I want you to truly define, spend some time with those lists, truly define and analyze how these things and when have these things defined you of who you are and who you've been and who you want to be. Just make two lists and then try to look at them and define and analyze them how these things have defined you, who you want to be. So finally, I'm going to leave you with this question. How do we develop the jealousy of God for God as he is jealous for us. God is very jealous for us. He's very jealous for you. The answer, I believe, is very simple. To be offended when others are dismissive of God's desire for us and our desire for him. Listen to that. You need to be offended We need to be offended when people are dismissive. And there are a lot of people that are very dismissive in this world of God's desire for us. And in turn, our desire for him. So that's the way we can develop a jealousy for God. We need to recognize and give thanks to God for allowing us to have the things we have. Knowing it's not through our own doing. And we can give him honor in everything we do. So I hope you'll make that list, the list of the things God has blessed you with. Make that as long as, uh, as you can think of. And then you develop that other list of things you do think are anti to that. Things that create, cause you, and generate envy and jealousy. Things that you feel you're lacking of. And then study and analyze those. And hopefully we'll find that we don't want to be dismissive of God's desire for us and our desire for him. 
appreciate um, your attention. Those are the thoughts that I had for this morning. Uh, if there's any way the church can be of assistance to you, we ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.